live on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. A new day brings new topics. Our sports talk brings extensive debate and analysis by the host, expert contributors, and callers. We discuss it all. Join us weekdays at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. It's time for Never Had It So Good. We're back for another great week. Excited about it, and we're going to get started here with um, Coach Jernigan in here in just a moment when the cheering stops. But right now, let me welcome in my co-host, Duck Riley. How are you, sir? Doing well, Princess. Doing good myself, doing good myself. Welcome to my other co-host, Tim Moore. How are you, sir? Doing much better than I was. My uh, my voice is starting <laughs> to come back. Amen. Amen. You know, it's good to have you sounding better. Huh? I didn't know my homeboy was sick, man. Dang, hey, what in the world going on? Well, Too it was much the travel, man, I think. I think uh, going I in and out of different I, temperatures. Look, look uh, uh, Tim, I can't believe it was travel. I don't know. You travel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ohio to Virginia. On the network. Ohio to, yeah. Go ahead, Tim. Yeah. No, I think I went Ohio, went from Virginia to Ohio, and then back to Virginia, and then back to Alabama, and then back to Virginia, and it's too many different climates. Um, just wore me yeah. out. Yeah, you know, um, like I was going to say, out of all of us here on the network, I think Brittany's probably the youngest at thirty something, and then Duck is the oldest at ninety one. But um, Tim <laughs> travels more than all of us. I don't know. Will gets around. Will, Will gets oh, around yeah. quite a bit. Oh, yeah, that's right. Will Will and Doc. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about Doc. Mm -hmm. But did Ricky Porter tell us that he he was a truck driver? Ricky Porter. (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't know if we consider that traveling, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Only the rest stop. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> We're still waiting on um, Mr. Jernigan. Do you want to check on him? Or y'all you want to just... y'all, yeah, y'all talk. God, let me start and track him down. This is exactly who I wanted to talk to, and that's Tim. Tim, I've been watching ESPN. I can watch it this week. No, Not a whole lot of Dallas Cowboys, you know, choking <laughs> stuff. But um, I watched it all day today. It was the background noise, at least. And your thoughts about Lamar Jackson his second time as the number one seed with the opportunity to go to the Super Bowl, and he did not do well. Is he now on the same level with Dak Prescott, you know, choking in the big moment? Your thought about that, or is that just too too strong of a word? Well, I, I thought choke was a little bit strong. I thought he he didn't play well yesterday, not as well as he had been playing all season. <clears throat> but I didn't think he choked. I, I thought – I thought uh, it was a combination of things. I think Kansas City played well, um, but I also thought his uh, offensive coordinator really got them out of what got them into the championship game. Uh, They passed a whole lot more yesterday than they had in any game I'd seen. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think that had something to do with with the way that he performed. You know, when you've got the blitz coming at you like that and all you do is pass the ball, and you've been a running yeah. team all season. I think that that was a big part of the problem. So I wouldn't put him in the in the category with Dak. Although 
Now, I would take either one of them if the Jets were to trade for them. So uh, I think both <laughs> of them are pretty good quarterbacks <laughs> compared to what we've got. Yeah. Duck, I'm going to pose the same thing to you before we get in, Coach Jernigan, and that is, you know, they use the word choke a lot with Lamar today, and maybe they were too enthusiastic to do so, but, you know, this is the second time they've been the number one seed and failed to make it to the Super Bowl. Your thoughts about him um, and, and Tim said that was too strong of a word to choke, but he didn't shine yesterday. But a lot, too, Duck and Tim, I want to say, came from a lot of the Ravens that were emotional and just making silly pen- penalties, um, you know, standing over a guy and, and, and taunting. But, Duck, your thoughts? Well, first of all, it was 28 other teams that wish they were in Lamar's shoes. Mm-hmm. So, yes, to choke is a strong word to be used. Uh, he didn't play well, but also his his people didn't help him out either, his offensive line and his receivers. But I think more or less that uh, the offensive coordinator panicked when they were 17-7. to seven. I, I'm like Tim. I think they still could have ran the ball. And they had enough time mm-hmm. to do what they needed to do because they got down there twice. They, you know, they fumble yeah. and they threw an interception. Now, just think, that yeah. doesn't happen. Then they're up 21-17. But, yeah. you know, things if those happen. two plays don't happen, yeah. they're, they're winning. But, right. um, and, go ahead. You know, and, Kansas, and just like Tim said, Kansas City play, you know, play well. They play well enough to beat Baltimore. When you don't play well in that type of game, that's what happens. You know, they can call it choke or whatever they want, you know. There's 28 other teams which they could have choked, but they didn't. Yeah. Okay. Well said. And I knew you were going to come with it with that one. Um, just like like I said, this was a sad house. Rev was really pulling for Lamar Demetrius Jackson um, to, <laughs> get the, to win get that the one. Name I got the middle name from Kevin Walker. I got that. He says that <laughs> just like that on <laughs> – on his show. <laughs> Let me welcome in Mr. Jernigan. How are you, sir? He was like, hello. He said, hello. How are you, sir? This is Princess. We got Tim Moore and Duck Riley. I'm doing well. This is Dijon. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Duck and Tim, you guys take over. Hi, Dijon. Uh, I'm sure you hear the question that Princess asked is about Lamar choking and and all that type of deal. What, what was your your spin on the Ravens in Kansas City? My 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 spin on it was that Lamar, like Jalen Hurts, the, Lamar didn't play the best game, his best game as who Lamar is. I saw Lamar stepping back trying to pass the ball. The, he's the best running quarterback in the game. Run, just run, run when you yeah. need to run. And and I think a lot of these guys mentally get mixed up with 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 the the media. And in order to win, he's going to have to be a pocket guy. And so they start trying to do things that that's not them. You know, he's the he's at best when he's running and throwing, and he's doing what he does. And I didn't see that. I saw him go into the conservative bag and be somebody else and when you do that you're just not who you you're not who you are you know uh he's not gonna be a pocket guy that's not who he is he's a dual threat um i'm gonna be honest too i didn't like some of the offensive play 
uh, calling when right. you got guys blitzing off the edge and you're not running quick slants and getting the ball out of his hands, still running long, deep routes, then that's not Lamar. That's the offensive coordinator. So I think I th- I, more than he choked, I think, you know, he's still a young guy trying to figure out uh, what he has to figure out and, and figure out the whole how to not deal with the media and try to be a, a guy that he's not, which is a pocket guy. And then just play your game, Lamar. That, that's who you are. Um, but the offensive of calling, you know, he's throwing swing passes or a bomb. He's not throwing quick slants when a guy's walking clearly up from the safety position, standing on the line, blitzing him, and he doesn't throw a slant right behind him. So that's offense to me. Okay, yeah. All right, uh, I'm going to change it up a little bit. I want to kind of talk to you. Uh, what can the NCAA do to try to help some of these high school athletes out? Because we, we both, and you you mentioned it before, the portal has almost eliminated the high school kid unless the quote, unquote, you're a five-star and some four-stars. What they what they got to do is so we got to find a couple of things that they they can do and the things that we have to do in our communities. We got to get people, parents, into rooms and into meetings where we're gonna where they're gonna talk more about um, where they're gonna talk more about recruiting and share with parents more about. Division two, Division three, and NAIA opportunities. Because there's a new way, and I just felt it, you know, from the last time you and I, you guys, you know, we talked, I felt it big time in in December and January, and, and right now in January where I think it's, it's something like 48% of all the three-star kids did not sign yet, Okay. So we're going to look at the number after February 6th, which is signing day, but we have to change the narrative because kids only want to go to school where, where they see or what, from what they see on TV. So if, you're, you're, if you don't know Division II schools, they're not in your area. Uh, if you don't know, if somebody doesn't educate you about Valladosa State or or, or a Division II program in, uh, you know, Central Washington or another school, you're not going to know because it's not something that you see on TV. Um, that That's one thing. you got to educate. And then the bigger part, i, I got to tell you guys, I've been pretty hard on them, but I have to, is the parents. If your kid is getting evaluated, and here's the bigger problem, if your kid gets an evaluation and someone tells you that your kid is Division Two or a, a, a lower-level guy, parents got to swallow it, eat it, and if you're getting 85% of your school paid for, that's a blessing. But the narrative is, if, oh, he, he's not D1, we're not going to play. I have a dad tell me flat out, we're not doing D2 or none of that other BS is what he said, and then said, Along with that, he says, if he doesn't do it, he's just going to the military. So so <laughs> th- 
this mind, and that's the, that's one parent that said it to me, but this is the mindset of a ton of the parents is that that's what they're doing. We're not doing that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go division. I'm not going, I'm not going division. If it's not D1, it's D1 or bust. So we got to change yeah. that narrative. Yeah. I, I wanted to, yeah, I don't mean to cut you off, but when did that mindset come from D1 a bus. I, I that that drives me crazy. I think that mindset came from the fact that, you know, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's a generational thing. Because I I know guys that went to junior college in my era, and and went from junior college to D ones or mid majors or I mean I'm NAIA football. I'm, I'm I grew up in Pas in L A and Pasadena when Christian Okoye was at. Azusa Pacific, it was NAIA, you know. Um, another another part of that was you also, when you, in California, when you got rid of all of the, because of Title 19, I think it is, with the women's sports, you got rid of football in a lot of areas, man, like uh, Cal State Fullerton, Northridge, Long Beach State. They got rid of programs. So you have that many more kids and that many, you know, that a, 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 a smaller amount of opportunities for those kids to go play. So before there was a portal, you went, okay, I'll go to JC and I'll get out that way. Then now with the, he's even looking at a junior college guy. The high school right. and junior college guy is over. And I think the way to do it, the better answer is the NCAA needs to hook up probably with, um, NAIA, and they need to put more schools because all they're doing right now, and I don't know if I said this to you guys last time, is making the mid-majors and smaller Division One AA's. This is farm league football. If you go, I tell parents now, you're going to have to play down to play up. If that's what uh-huh. you're going to do, you're going to have to play down to play up. So the day of a guy being at a school four years, it's probably unlikely because if I if I'm good and I'm at Alabama, if Georgia offered me a million dollars, I can leave. I'm gonna take that NIL money. If I'm good at San Diego State and Virginia Tech wants me, they're gonna give me some money. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave San Diego State and go to Virginia Tech and take two three hundred thousand dollars. From our last conversation, we just placed an alignment from San Diego State to the University of Florida. He got $420,000, a truck, apartment, and his parents can go to every game if they want. I'm not staying at San Diego State for four years where Florida's giving me that kind of package. So that's, that's, where, that's where it's at right now. And we have to let the parents know this is a business. This is this is just where it's at. The NCAA, I don't know how they wrap their heads their heads around it. Um, it's out of control. <laughs> it's out of control, it, it, and I don't know how you can control it. Yeah, and you know, and I'm listening to what you what you're saying, but it, it still kind of goes back to how many times do you transfer with the with with the opportunity not to graduate. Well, I mean, these guys are so, – so there's two things that's happening. And so a lot of our kids 
uh, unbeknown to a lot of people, is a lot of kids are graduating. So remember, the 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 trait of a Division One athlete is this: they either hold back in the eighth grade, they go to high school, they're a little bit older. So they're 16 in the ninth grade. They're 15 turning 16. They play varsity football in the 10th grade for three years. When they graduate, they're already 19 years old. They graduate early in January. This is why we have those mid-years that now everybody wants to go in January. They go in January. Here's that semester, then summer school. They pretty much have done a year of school already, and they haven't played one game. Then when they start school in the fall, there's another fall semester, and they get back around to January. They've done two years. They go through summer school in another fall semester. There's there's two and a half years done, and in January they they're done. They graduate. Guess how many years of football they got left? They still got two years in a red shirt. They take the money, well, two years in a red shirt, and they're a grad transfer. They're graduating. They go, they got a degree already. Now they can get some money, and that's what's happening. And so the, for, the smart. You're saying, you're, you're saying for some of the kids, well, we know all the kids are not doing that. So, no. So the mass majority of your top five-star athletes, though, when you talk about the top 150 kids, I would mm-hmm. say more than, 50, more than 50% of them are doing that and can do that. So the other kids that are, aren't doing that, the, the issue they have is, is I have a kid, Larry Turner, played at University of Texas. He just transferred to San Jose State. He was a 30-offer kid by everybody coming out of high school. Larry Larry went to Texas, didn't play his freshman year. This year didn't get on the field. What value does Larry have right now when he goes in a portal? None. The value he has is that enough people knew who Larry was coming out of high school and just said, hey, probably picked the wrong school, so he's going to San Jose State. He's a year and a half from his degree with three years to play. He's going to play this year, probably get on the field and start. If he has a good year, guess what he's going to do? He's going to go to his third school because he wants to play bigger because in the mindset, going back, is i got to play here to get to the league. He could very well stay at San Jose, be all Mountain West, be all American from San Jose, and still get to the league. But if that's not what's been pumped in your mind, that's not what's that's they don't think San Jose doesn't have a collective. So if he starts this year and does what he needs to do, guess what he's gonna do with those last two years? He's gonna go get the money. Because if Georgia calls or Florida calls or an SEC school where all the money is cost, they ain't going to get 200000 300000 guess what he's going to do? He's going to go get it. <laughs> and that's that's what most of the kids are having. That That's what it's going to look like now. That's the plan now. Now, now what about with, uh, with the kids now that's saying, hey, you want me to visit your school? Give me fifteen or twenty thousand to visit. Uh, that I mean that I, I think that that becomes bad business with whoever they're dealing with, right? That's just somebody. That's either 
you know, I don't like calling guys street agents. That's just bad. That's just a bad influence, right? You don't do that. I mean, you haven't you haven't done enough in school to now make me give you for me to give you some money, unless you're just that guy and you you got that kind of body and all that. But I, I, I that's just absolutely bananas right there. I wouldn't do that. Okay, I'm gonna tell you the Tim, and I'll come back and Tim and Princess. All right, Tim. Coach, I I find what you're saying uh, quite fascinating, and uh, I think it it, it sort of takes me back to uh, conversations I've had with um, some of my elders of the generation before us who were, um, you know, in segregated schools, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, the integration of schools took place, and they had an opportunity to go places they weren't able to go before. Um, yep. How many of our parents uh, even take the time or try to educate these young kids now to the fact that uh, there was a time when Alabama and LSU and and uh, South Carolina and, and Oklahoma <laughs> and these schools did not allow people who look like us to go to their schools? And, uh, you know, the, the SWAC and, and, and D2 schools and some of those places were the only places we could go, and they still made it to the league. Well, well, well you know that uh, the first big majority of our – the majority of our, our brothers from those schools uh, are the first brothers in that Hall of Fame that's sitting in Cadden, Ohio, right? You, you, yes, sir. You yes, get, sir. You get it. I uh, I wrote a movie. I haven't pitched it yet, and that's what the movie is about, the historical choice. And it's about a young man who gets educated on how these schools did not want him to be there uh, in the beginning. So I understand what you're saying, and you said how much, you, you know, you asked how many of the parents. We don't because, we you know, I'm on the West Coast. The kids that want to go to school, I mean, this is why the phenomenon of a TV show like A Different World um, was huge in the, in, the, in the 90s when I was graduating high school in, in 89, 80, 88, when all of my friends were going to Grambling and Morehouse, and I was like, because we saw something on a regular basis um, on TV, and now this this generation they don't see that. Um, it, it becomes the consolation prize to a lot of these kids when we say, "Hey, you can go to <laughs> you, you you can go to you know." I got a kid that just left Grambling. He's at San Jose as well. It was like it was cool, but I, I just couldn't be down there. He left. He wanted to be in the Mountain West. He wanted to play. It wasn't big enough football for him. So again, we don't create. We don't create um, the right narrative, and we're not talking about it. It's not sexy. Not sexy to go to a black college uh, as your first choice to play. You know, these guys aren't going. Oh, I want to go. You know, that's where there were a lot of people upset with Dion. We thought it was he was going to turn the corner, but we get you know, and and I you know because of the business <laughs> I'm in, I hear I hear a whole lot of. Uh, the money's not being done right, and, you know, that's what, you know, and people don't, they don't want to go. They don't, they don't, they don't want to go 
to Jackson or, or, or Mississippi Valley. And a lot of you guys, man, once they get to the league, I wonder how much of an endowment has Jerry Rice made back to Mississippi Valley. How much has, wow. you know, certain these guys. I mean, I mean, I, I grew up watching Soul Train and the Burger Marshall uh, front. Where that money go? Where, where all that money go? Where's that money at? But, you know? but, but Coach, Coach, Coach Dion, told, Dion said that, that God told him to go to Jackson, and then two years later, God changed his mind and told him to go to Colorado. Well, I, I thought he was—I thought he was the guy that didn't change his mind. I thought he was. I'm listening. I'm listening. That's what I thought. <laughs> I believe that alone, <laughs> uh, Coach. I heard you mention something about the NCAA. And this thing really being out of control, and I, I I relate to that completely. Just watching the situation. Talk to me about whether you think that the NCAA can get their arms around this now that the genie's out of the bottle. I think I think the the only way you do it is you pay everybody, right? Um, the the biggest thing is, as you guys know, the biggest thing that they they're 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 they're, they're battling right now is their definition of amateurism. That's the problem. They created the definition for amateurism. So amateurism basically states, if you go read what the NCAA says it is, is anybody that's not getting paid to play was an amateur. Am I right? And that once you that's got a check, you, once you got any type of funding, because they ask you on your NCAA eligibility or clearinghouse that have you ever received any money for playing this sport by a club, travel, or AAU team. You mark no, because if you mark yes, you are then considered a pro. I don't know if it was this group you guys I was talking to, but the bigger problem and why we are where we are right now with this is because, because, the NFL and the and the NCAA had a conversation about amateurism and that the NFL was going to do what they did with baseball if the NCAA did not start paying football players because the life expectancy of the football player was 3.5 years, which was one contract. And if a guy like Kyler Murray could get – money out of college, right out of uh, college, I mean out of high school, to go play baseball and still be known as a amateur when he came back to play for Oklahoma, then something's wrong here. Am I right? Yeah, it's because you can't give me you can't give me twenty five million to go play baseball. I decide I don't want to play baseball anymore. And I go to Oklahoma, and I win the Heisman, and now I'm the first pick in the NFL draft. When was I not a pro? At what point was I not a pro? When I got the baseball money, I was a pro. See, baseball players can get nine hundred some thousand dollars out of school and go play one A, two A, three A. Decide they don't want to do it and go back to college. They are still they still have their amateurism status. So okay. football says that's not that's not fair. Because if that baseball player, his longevity and being able to make money is a long, long time. Yeah. He can go play baseball 1A, 2A, 3A, still go to college, 
men go to the, the major leagues, he's made money for five, ten, ten years. Football player goes and gives all of his time, four years of college football. They go to four bowls. They win all these rings and money, and then he go to the league for one contract, and then he broke. <laughs> yeah. Dave, something's not, something's not right. So the NCAA, it's out of control. I think the only way they can control it is to say they're going to use the star system. If you're a one-star, two-star, you're going to get fifty thousand dollars while you're in school, along with your with your scholarship. If you're a four-star, five-star, NIL money is going to be here, and there may not be a cap based upon who you are. I mean, it, it, they're just going to have to pay everybody and get rid of the whole amateurism, uh, you know, narrative. It's got to go. Yeah. Okay, so um, I, I want to first of all say congratulations to the young men that transferred to the University of Florida. Welcome to Gator Nation. Oh, and, okay. <laughs> and then, um, and a shout-out to Coach Will Harris, who's recruiting like crazy. Um, um, from my well, understanding, I've been, I've been reading I've been, a lot of I've been helping him a lot. It's been a lot. So Yeah. <laughs> Just picked up a Washington Husky. I think he was a linebacker. But I wanted to go back to something you said about collectives, and you said that San Jose State doesn't have a collective. Is that a question um, that's asked by recruits or their parents is, okay, or, or even mentioned, okay, that school doesn't have a collective. They're not on our radar. Is that something that is a part of the language and the conversation now? It is It is definitely a, a conversation based upon how you're being recruited, yes. So there are some schools that are just totally eliminated by recruits because they know if they have a school that has a collective that can make a little bit of money, with San Jose, you know, I deal with them directly. My son's there, so I had a problem when I asked them, you know, how are you in the Silicon Valley, one of the richest valleys in the in the country, with all these tech companies, and your school doesn't have a collective? That's that's kind of crazy. And it's the collective. When I learned, it is made up of alumni and businesses, and actually hiring somebody in your in the department. To uh, to do the job to build the collective of the campus, um, they just it wasn't in their budget, so they don't. They just play football, and that's it. And they use the bowl money, and that's it. So they're trying to build that up. Um, but yes, that's a question that I think every parent, you know, if they know where their kid is at, you know, uh, if they really understand that. Their kid has maybe San Jose, San Diego State, and maybe Colorado State or, or another mid-major school. You know, what does the collective look like? I mean, I talked to USC last week about a wide receiver, and I told him, said Miami offered him 360. He doesn't have to go to Miami. He doesn't have to. He can't do any. He's got to commit, and he's got 360. He can go to Miami. And the coach told me flat out. This D, we're not going to come near that 360 at USC. I went, oh, okay. Well, I thought you were SC. Uh, y'all got filmmakers and musicians and all kind of people. Mm-hmm. I thought y'all collective would be crazy, but it's not. 
the USC's collective is not there because the people that they have that goes to you know that attended USC and and in their schools, they they put money into so many other things that are wrapped around LA, like the Rams, the Chargers, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Dodgers, the Angels, the Kings, the Ducks. You got eight professional teams right in LA, so why are we gonna give some money to some college kid in their mind? So it doesn't work. That collective at SC is not what people think it is. They have a they have a good one, but it's not great. The SEC has a great one. And not to be on uh, my sister's side, but Florida has an outstanding one. <laughs> it's beautiful. I work they with sure it. do. I'm sorry. I must got disconnected, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. There you go. I, all I want is for that to translate to um, a 12 or 13 win season and an appearance in the playoffs, you know, um, <laughs> collection. It will. It will. Okay. And I'll tell you what's going to happen. But with the 12 teams, you're going to see very clear with the 12-team playoffs who has money. And so Florida will be there. Bama will be there. LSU will be there. Georgia will be there. Those SEC teams have more money to play with than anybody. And then outside of that, you know, Michigan will have some money. You know, it's going to hurt the West Coast teams that, you know, because it's those small pockets, those cities like Gainesville and Tuscaloosa that have that rich, strong alumni base that's just pouring money in it to say, what do we need to go get a quarterback? Well, the going rate for a quarterback right now that was a starter somewhere else that wants to come and play, possibly in the SEC, is a million five. These are the numbers that they give. Million five. I know. Million five. DB, Coach. top defensive back. I mean, you just saw uh, Damani Jackson leave USC 450 to Alabama. Mm. Nobody else can. They can't compete with that. And when you can't compete with that, you're not. You're not going to get the top guys. <laughs> the top guys are going to go to these other places. Coach, let yeah. me ask you along Some... those lines. Let me ask you a question along those lines. Um, as a uh, as a, um, a representative for um, young athletes, um, what do you advise them with regard to going to a city uh, like um, Columbus, which is uh, in between Cleveland and Cincinnati, uh, and really doesn't have any pro sports there other than the hockey team and and a soccer team? Uh, but they don't have major pro sports, or, or, or uh, to go to some place like like Los Angeles, which is clearly a professional sports town. Uh, what, what's your recommendation generally when you're talking to those kids in terms of what their thought process should be in, in making those kinds of decisions? That everybody in that city is going to love who you are because you are, you're going to be going to a city that doesn't have a pro team. Look at it. But remember, I work more with – my my other players that I work with that that are gonna go to Florida like that, I usually get a call and somebody's asking for help. My business is mainly the ninety eight percent of the athletes that are gonna gonna go one double A, D two, NAIA. I I I thrive in my business that way because it's 
2% guy, he doesn't need me. That family doesn't need my services. I work with kids who actually are saying, I love the game. I want, I, I'm probably going to have to develop. Can you help me find a school so I can go play? And and those are the kids that I play with. And so most of the times with that, you know, answering that question, I usually work with a kid. I have kids that will go to schools like South Dakota. There's, in Vermilion, there's 10,000 people in schools there. And I go, dude, it's a great thing to go somewhere where everybody's going to know your name. The nearest team is the Minnesota Vikings, which is four hours away. And when you go get a haircut, everybody in the city knows who you are. And when it's all said and done, you got your degree and you play football, I play the sport you love, and you're good to go. And they usually get it. And it, it would be the same thing I would tell a kid like that. Go, go where they love you and go where you're going to be able to get that attention that you need, you know, that you want, and, and have a great time playing football. You brought up something interesting. Uh, Tim had talked to you a little bit about the HBCU and things of that nature. What are your thoughts about Willie Simmons taking a running back job at Duke? And I, I know it's here to be about the money because I, I couldn't see him giving up a head coaching job going to Duke just uh, to be the running back coach. Well, he's in the ACC. They got a new TV contract. You said it. It's about the money. I just had a DB coach leave for what? He was making just at 200. He took a Big 12 job. He's making 385. I mean, you, you know, I'm leaving a head coaching job to be a position coach that's gonna pay me double the money. I mean, you, I mean, come on, man. I mean, uh, don't take a whole lot. <laughs> but these guys just say, you know what? I'm gonna go. You know, because I've been here for this time and. Where am I going to go from here? That running back job might lead into a wide receiver job or an OC job on a higher level. And that's why we got, you know, going back to the HBCUs, we got to get somewhere where there's some money there so we can teach about the historical part and how people got, you know, left out. And so we can start bringing kids back. I'm all for it. I don't. I watched 100 years of college football, and I remember when Alabama didn't have one black guy till USC jumped on him and beat him with an integrated team, and all of a sudden now he got to go, Bear Bryant got to go get him some brothers now, huh? You know, I mean, that's <laughs> that's, that's what happened. But we got okay. to, it's got to get to the parents. It's got to get to the people who say, man, take that trip. You know what, before you go, before you ask the next question, I'll, I'll tell you this. That's where the NCAA can help HBCUs. Allow, now they allow as many trips as you want. Well, make sure that, you know, it used to be five, so now you can go to as many schools as you want to. Why don't they give some money so if any kid says that they want to go and visit a historical black college, how about them put the bill? Because that's the problem. They don't have a budget. And when the kids have seen weight rooms and million dollars, $20 million, $5 million sports facilities, and then you go and you go visit Fisk, you think you want to go there? 
I mean, you think that kid really wants to go to Grambling after he went to USC or he went to Alabama and saw all the money, you know? No, they don't. And that's the, that's what they're competing with. Now, you were talking about San Jose State. I was hoping uh-huh. that Alonzo, Alonzo Carter would have got a shot at the head jump. I, I wrote a great article about him with the company that I write I write for, so he could get it. And uh, you know, I know Zoe personally; he's a good friend of mine. I do. I'm part of the, the Black the Minority Coach Association with him. But Zoe wanted that money too. He wanted that job, but <laughs> they wasn't gonna give Zoe. They wasn't gonna give Zoe that job, man. You're talking about Silicon Valley again, the face of that program. They went and got a Samoan dude because that that area is large Samoan Asian um, up in in that area, so it it has to fit. You know, you one thing I will say about whoever the guy is that uh, gave Dion the job at Colorado, he he's owed a whole lot because he he at least took <laughs> he took the chance, right? Right. He put his job on the line. A lot of these athletic directors, man, they're not gonna put their they're not gonna put their name on the line for no brother. So you got to give it to the dude at Colorado. And he looks like a genius right now. When uh, one one game of parking just paid for the entire travel and uniforms for for the girls' soccer and softball team, you know. So he looks like a genius. <laughs> so. <laughs> you know, I was hoping Zoe took the job too. My son's there, so I was like, "Give it to him." Okay. Uh, last question for me before Princess and Tim come back in. You you brought up uh, the NAIA. Why not uh-huh. the NAIA? Because a lot of a lot of kids they don't even consider NAIA schools. One of the reasons they don't consider them is because the um the, the 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 lie or the misunderstanding is that NAIA doesn't give scholarships. So a lot of people don't who don't know like to say, Oh, they don't give scholarships and they give scholarships. It is a it's it is just like a division two school. That scholarship is based upon three things. Your academics, your sports, and if you qualify for financial aid. But for the most part, these guys don't. People like to say, oh, they don't do that. And so when they put that out there, a lot of the parents, every time I'm in my my Zoom meeting, that's what they're saying. Oh, they don't give scholarships. I don't know. They give scholarships. Division three do not give athletic scholarships. And then that's when they they kind of go, oh, okay. But they don't know. <laughs> and the other part is kids don't think they can make it to the NFL. You guys would, would probably crack up laughing how many parents I'm talking to about college that are talking to me about the NFL all at the same time. <laughs> I'm talking about yeah. your kid getting into college, and they're talking to me about, well, how many players went to the NFL from there? Or how, how can he – now, does pro teams come by – ma'am, your son, let's get him to 
college first. How about that? <laughs> Dad, I, I, <laughs> No, Princess, you can go ahead. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask uh, Mr. Jernigan about the NIL, and especially in women's sports, and, and I want to talk about um, – well, let's just – I want to talk about Angel Reese, who I think as far as females has probably one of the highest ones in NIL. Does that transfer she, to the WNBA in this sense? Will, will, she has a, a NIL with Mercedes. Do you feel or has it happened where they continue to sponsor her or use her as a, a branding and marketing tool even when she gets to the WNBA? Or does that kind of just stop? I think it, I think what happens with it is you try to, depending on what city she goes to, um, they have to they have to go back and revisit. Um, and then, you know, because that was her biggest reason for not coming out last year was that, yeah. Look, I'm making I'm making way more money right now. Why should I go to the WNBA? I'm, I, you know, coming to the league, I'm gonna take a pay cut. And mm-hmm. you know, quite honestly, I think those teams are are gonna look. She's more valuable in college, um, in marketing in college because of young young people, uh, parents buying their kids their first car, maybe buying them a C class or something that was affordable. Um, that they can do. Once she gets to the league, it just depends. Is she going to go to a major city? Is she going to be in a city where – is she going to be the focal point? She's a great team player. I don't think Angel Reese has shown that she's, you know, uh, a Candace Parker, somebody that's going to carry a a whole squad. And so it all depends on what her, her marketability is. And, and and as much as they put money into the women's sports, until you get another 10, 15% of the men watching, it doesn't make money sense for a lot of these companies. Okay. Well, I definitely think that um, that game last week with, you know, ESPN game day there, phenomenal, you know, that, that phenomenal. helped. It, 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 was. it, it did. It was, it was phenomenal. But then you're talking so from a from a from a marketing standpoint, it's one game. Can we if, if it was a seven game series, it, it it'd be great if you can get those same players like that in a in a WNBA type setting, like but college. That's why it looks like that, right? They're gonna meet, and this is the one everybody's waiting for. But mm-hmm. it doesn't happen enough for them to. To, to continue to keep sponsoring it, like you know, players like that. Well, yeah, I know I'm, that. And it, go ahead, Doug. Yeah, I, I was just real quick. I was gonna say I'm I'm getting ready to date myself. I thought it was more like the Houston and UCLA game back in the day. <laughs> yeah, with Alvin Hayes and and, and those guys. Yeah, <laughs> I think it, it had it had some of that. It it. it it also had its own flavor because, again, you're getting you, – you, you're having to get this, and, and I don't want to sound chauvinist, but you're having to get men to watch this game and with, without dunks and all that. That's the part that, you know, I've heard for many years they wanted to lower the cords or they wanted to do this, and the women didn't want to do it. Now women are dunking the ball and, you know, evolving into these different, you know, athletes. So 
Um, but to get to get that other market of men to watch that game, I mean that game. You know, I'll I'll tell you as a basketball player, ex, I don't like using the word ex, but as a basketball player and a basketball coach, I enjoy the women's game be able to watch the fundamental of the game. I don't watch yeah. NBA basketball. I hate it. I mean, absolutely hate it. I do not like the game. It sucks to me. No big man, no just everybody comes up and dribbles and <laughs> play one-on-one basketball. I can't stand it. Uh, so I can watch the women's game and appreciate four or five passes, shot fakes, and getting to the basket. I love that stuff. But I absolutely can't watch it. You know, but that's me. I'm a basketball guy. So you got to get fans to want to watch the game from the entertainment side, and I think that's the part that – bothers the women's game and bothers the money on these companies giving women money, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Coach, they they ought to put Notre Dame on like every other week. Please be quiet, Tim. They got a really good point guard, uh, Hidalgo. Uh, yeah. Man, Hidalgo, Notre as a matter of fact, Notre Dame Harmon and Marquette Jared are going to play um, here, and they're going to have a female forward game where everything from the production to the referees to the announcers is going to be run by females. But, Tim, you'll get to see Notre Dame just one more time this season. But, okay. I think Tim is taking it. I think he's taking a shot. I don't know what that's about, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell Tim, you all fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tim is a thing. <laughs> he is a fan. And that's all the questions I had. I wanted to know if that that transferred a little bit, and and I understand, um, you know, that we got to get more people to watch. And you're right, we got to get more men to watch because females yeah. are watching it, and yeah. she looks like me, but it's got to transfer, you know, to men yeah. who. Um, and I and I've heard some people say that they know more names in women's basketball right now than they do in men's basketball um, as far as college is concerned. And I and I thought about that. I think I do too. I know, um, gosh, can you, um, the, the young man from North Carolina, um, gosh, and I can't even think of his name. Um, but, you know, it's, I think it's changed a little bit. Caitlin Clark, if yeah, you say I'm, Caitlin Clark, I think people know who you're talking about. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm messed up with college ball because I'm, again, I'm, you know, 80s, 90s, you know, 2000s, the game has changed so much. The transfer portal in basketball is uh, – it has destroyed uh, basketball in that sense as well, you know. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and so that's uh, – and that's, that's one of the things that's pretty tough as well. So um, – yeah, so that's, you know, that's huge. That's all I have, Doug. Okay. Uh, hey, Coach, it's always a pleasure having you on and stuff, man. So we, we got to do it again next month, man. Got to okay. hang in there for Bring you. Bring me back. It'll be, it'll be something else happen. I know I love to come back because after, <laughs> uh, <laughs> after February 6th, the signing day, I'll be able to give you guys some real good numbers on um, – on on 
you know, how many three-star, four-star, five-star, how many three-star kids were left out. Yeah, that would be great information and stuff. And, and then we'll we talk about, and hopefully we can get some parents on here that maybe have some questions for you. Absolutely. And if you guys can send me an email, I, I can give you guys an email because I want to be able to give you guys the same data that I get and what I what I look at so you can kind of look at it from uh, the perspective I look at it from because it's pretty tough that way, you know. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to. All right. Uh, I, I'll shoot, yeah, I'll shoot you uh, my email address once we get off. Okay. All right. Well, you guys, thank you and for having if me. Anybody, if anybody has any questions and, and they need to get in touch with, with you, how would they do it, Coach? They can go to CA, um, for it, it stands for California, so CA Recruits with an S, CARecruits.com, and, and that'll be my, that's my website, and then they can just send me a message through the website. Okay, one more time, Coach. CA, the letter CA, and then Recruits, R-E-C-R-U-I-T-S, com. CARecruits.com, and and then there's a message there. They'll read about the company and all that, but they can just shoot me a message, and we'll go from there. Okay, precious. Awesome. All right, thank you, Coach. Thank you, Duck and Tim, and we'll see you. We've got to get out of the way for another show. We appreciate you. We'll see you next month. All right, never had a so good sports talk radio. Thank you. Thank Thank you. We're going to get out of the way here for the professional contributors here at 7 p.m. Talk to you then. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.